If there's one thing the life of Jesus demonstrates, it's that God should not be feared. He should be revered and respected for the loving father he is. If you fear your father, you'll probably be spending a lot of money on therapy. True enough if you fear your God. You'll be spending a lot to make sure he doesn't zap you in some way. But respecting the father who loves you, now that is a relationship you want your children to know about. True enough of the God who always loves you. Offering information for your mind. Enabling transformation for your heart. A weekly dialogue exploring God's Word and its application for today's world. Sabbath School U. I'm your host, Phil Riley, and we've got a terrific panel here to discuss this lesson. So let me have you introduce yourselves and then say something about you that um, maybe not everybody knows. <laughs> Thanks, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> so my name is Natalie Moncow, and something that you probably don't know is last year, about for a month, I got to travel to Morocco and Spain for um, grad school. Got to study, and that was one incredible experience. Never, um, never had a chance to do that, and I don't know if I'll be able to do that again. <laughs> but yeah. So I missed out not going to grad school. Obviously. <laughs> uh, my name is Elena Sauders, and. Well, I was going to say something related to travel as well. Okay, go ahead. But yeah. <laughs> um, I've been to every continent except for, obviously, Antarctica and <laughs> Australia. Very cool. Oh, wow. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, my name is John Davis. Uh, I have not been all over the place like everyone else <laughs> seems to. <laughs> but, you know, one of the things I actually people don't really know about is I actually have a very love and passion for actually helping the homeless. Um, I actually do it with my father-in-law. Oh, wow. um, we go down and, and feed the homeless regularly, so it's definitely a rewarding and uh, enjoyable experience. Mm -hmm. That's a good idea. I like that. I'll share. When I was in high school for a small stint, mm -hmm. I decided I wanted to learn a musical instrument, and so I picked one completely different from everybody else, and I learned the bagpipes. Oh, so and it's kind of. A, it's, you'll have to do that for us one day. Where you like rocks yeah, from you'll have friends, to do that. where he's like. <laughs> I picked it up, but I can't say that I got too far. So, um, so I wouldn't say that I'm very good. Lower our expectations, will you? Thanks. Yeah. You know what's funny is I heard music, bagpipe music, recently. Mm -hmm. And I thought, man, this sounds horrible. Because <laughs> you weren't playing, right? <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, before we start, let's read our scripture and have prayer. And Elena, do you mind having that? Yeah, let's do that. So I'm reading um, Luke 17, 5, and I'm reading from the NIV version. And it says, the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. Um, let's pray. Señor Padre Celestial, muchísimas gracias por este día, por tu palabra y la oportunidad de estudiar juntos. Eh, te pido que por favor mandes tu Santo Espíritu y nos guíes a través de tu palabra. En el nombre de Jesús. Amén. Amén. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> well, the lesson is about following Jesus in everyday life. So let's paint a very broad picture. And what does that mean to you? Mm. I think for me, following Jesus in everyday life is looking at practical ways to allow Jesus to lead. Mm -hmm. um, it's not just about you know, having devotion in the morning and devotion before you go to sleep, mm -hmm. but it's about, you know, how your, your character when you, when you encounter people, you know, how do you interact with your coworkers or your, mm -hmm. or your classmates in school, how you interact <clears throat> with that person on the, that you walk down the street and you see and they don't seem to, you know, really be too happy for the day and, and mm -hmm. just giving that smile. So you're, you're just allowing Jesus' uh, example to kind of 
-hmm. be the forefront of, of what you present to people. I like that, John, because it makes, uh, I guess, discipleship, which is our theme, mm -hmm. really, it's, isn't, it's not so complex, you know, or complicated. Mm -hmm. It's the personal relationship, and that feeds into your personal relationship with others mm -hmm. um, on a day-to-day -day basis. So, yeah, that's definitely, I agree. I definitely resonate with both of you guys in that. I think it's basically just letting Jesus take the wheel <laughs> every day. And, you know, even though we have our own struggles and whatnot, understanding that other people are also going through that and just learning to still, like, keep your head up right. and let him lead because it's going to be okay. You know, and I like the thing with, with following Jesus. I like that it's not just a philosophy mm -hmm. or an ideology. Mm -hmm. It's a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's very different from what you find today mm -hmm. or, you know, what's been going on throughout history. Mm -hmm. Like there are a lot of schools of thought. There are a lot of mm -hmm. um, philosophies out there. And it's, it's kind of like the goal is to learn as much of it as possible. Mm -hmm. But I feel like with Jesus, it's really about the lifestyle and it's really about the day to day, which I think is just so different from what has been taught or what other people think. Right. To me, that's groundbreaking. And I love it because I feel like that I can do. Mm -hmm. I mean, not perfectly, <laughs> right? <laughs> but I feel like that is, it, it's kind of in the trenches religion because it's, it's there for, for when you need it. Mm -hmm. And it, it really is kind of like a lifestyle that can be seen. Mm -hmm. I definitely and, and I think for me, you know, when I look at following Jesus every day, I notice a difference, you know, based on how I start my day. Um, when I go to work and I'm, I'm and on the way to work, I, I turn on the radio and I, or I put in a CD of, of some you know, various religious artists. And I notice a difference in my day and in, in my outlook on the day when I get to work. And then in, I've noticed even in days where I just play something softly at my desk, it gives me a different mindset. And that's, it allows me to deal with the challenges that I come across and not necessarily be angry or upset when I come across a person who rubs me the wrong way. Mm -hmm. And so those are just, you know, as you're allowing Christ to... to to be that example, you know, your, that relationship that you're having, you're, you're furthering that relationship no matter where you are. And that's really important, I think, when you're following him is making sure that daily, no matter what you're doing, whether it's even if it's at dinner, mm -hmm. you know, that you're allowing that relationship to continue to grow and to build and that helps you to follow him um, daily. Well, I like what you said, Phil, and I like what you said, John, and I think I'm just going to merge the two together really quick. But <laughs> Wrap it up, uh, yeah, <laughs> so what I liked about what both of you said is first it's about you have an example. Jesus is the example and we can read about what he did and how he um, like lived his life because it's a lifestyle like you said um, on a day to day and we can read it right here in the word. Um, so if we're not sure we have a place to go. And then the second piece is that it's about intention. You know, um, you want to live like Christ um, so you make an effort to connect with him on a personal day-to-day -day basis and then you go to work and you have that joy and that spirit so that it's easy for you to not have to pretend or, you know, become an actor, <laughs> you know, because it's, it's just in you. I like that. I like that too. Yeah. <laughs> Although I have to say I struggle with that sometimes. <laughs> I have to be very real. Like as much as like it's an easy recipe of just, cultivating a relationship with God every day, I have to admit sometimes it's very difficult to cultivate a relationship with someone who you can't tangibly touch and tangibly see. And whenever you let yourself get into that rut, then it becomes difficult to keep your spirits mm -hmm. up. So I think the key thing that all of you pointed out was the intentionality mm -hmm. of putting time into 
a relationship, right. a very real and important right. relationship. Right. Well, since you mentioned that, let's get into, you know, how do you keep up that relationship? Mm -hmm. I mean, if it's not a, a tangible friend or person that you mm -hmm. keep up the relationship with, mm -hmm. how do you do it? You know, I'm going to draw from one of my favorite movies. It's Fiddler on the Roof. <laughs> and one thing that's really helped me try and get out of like the rut of the same prayer every morning and the same prayer when I eat and when I have dinner is to actually converse with God throughout the day as if he were just my friend sitting next to me. So in Fiddler on the Roof, I don't know if any of you guys have watched it, yep. but... Um, you know, the main guy, I cannot remember his name, even though it's one of my favorite movies. Anyways, he... Tevye. Yes, Tevye? yes. <laughs> he talks to God every day about everything. He talks mm -hmm. to him about his horse that's mm -hmm. gone lame. He talks to him about the good book, which is, you know, the Torah, the Bible, the Jewish Bible. And he questions God as well. Like, whenever things happen to him, he's like, why, God? Like, why is my daughter's wedding being ruined right now? Or... You know, just giving examples, well, like the good book says, and then he's like, oh, what should I tell you about the good book? You know it, you know? <laughs> so I try to do that throughout the day, like in my mind to communicate with God in that way and not the so like structured, rigid, yeah, right. dear father who are in heaven, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and it's still with respect, you know? I like the right. fact that it's an intimate relationship that has respect. Right. So You know, and I like that because I know with me, I'll pray, like, thanking God for food and blessing the food. Yeah. Or, you know, before I go to bed at night, and I find that, you know, a lot of times I get into the process of it's somewhat the same prayer. Yeah. But I don't know that that's necessarily what God wants. Like, yeah. I don't feel like he wants just, you know, a standard repeated prayer that, or, or even if there are a few changes, like, you know, something that's just kind of the same thing over and over. It does, from what I understand, you know, it's very relational. And he wants that relational conversation throughout the day. Mm -hmm. Are there any other ways? Well, actually, you know, when you talked about prayer and, and that saying the same prayer over and over, it, it brought up a, a very uh, important thought in my mind. And it's the fact that we have to be intentional in our prayers, too, mm -hmm. because we, we get so used to learning to pray a particular way mm -hmm. um, in our relationship with Christ. And so it's important that we look at that relationship as, you know, you know, he's our father, so we can talk to him like a father. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we can we can actually go to him and, and really pour our hearts out and not just give a kind of memorized, rote prayer or, or, or conversation with him, but we can actually say what's really bothering us because mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, in our relationship with Christ, we're not we're not we're hiding things, even though he knows it all. We're we're not telling him everything that we're struggling with. Just the things we want him to deal with. Mm -hmm. So we talk about you know, when we're having a problem with someone in our job, but we're not talking about those other things that we know we struggle with or we know that are bothering us that we mm -hmm. don't, we, we want them to be addressed, but we don't necessarily bring them up to them and we don't really connect. And that's the, that's the issue is learning to connect. And so I find for myself, reading the Bible helps to also further that connection because it's it gives me a guide, things that I may not have seen before. Mm -hmm. So that when I'm praying, I'm going, you know what, God, you revealed something to me. Right. And, you know, let me talk to you about what, what I, what I learned was something that you showed me and, and that helps to kind of make the prayers become a little bit more genuine, a little bit more uh, 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 intimate. And mm -hmm. so that's really, really important for me. You know, when you were talking, I was thinking about, you know, 
parenthood, which I, I don't have children, but I imagine that I would want to tell them exactly what you just said mm -hmm. when, I, when I do, you know, that it's just like your mom and your dad talk to me. I want you to tell me everything, you know, don't be afraid. Mm -hmm. um, and you were saying like sometimes you self-structured, that's what you learn. Um, I do think it, it really comes down to how did who taught us first? Mm -hmm. Like our parents are supposed to be our examples of mm -hmm. who Christ is. It's so important for them to really talk to us, uh, especially from a young age, and let us know, hey, it doesn't have to be so cookie cutter. You mm -hmm. know, just go ahead and lay it all down. Like just talk to him like your friend. He's right here with you. Mm -hmm. um, you know, although you can't like see him and right. physically touch him and, and hold him, but he is with you, and he says so in his word. And, and you know, that's that's kind of how I think about it. You know, I love the fact that you pointed out that the way we're taught as children how to communicate with God plays a big role. I grew up mm -hmm. Catholic, mm -hmm. so I grew up like the way that we talk to God is, you know, through saints, mm -hmm. for one, and two, Padre Nuestro que estás en los cielos santificado, you know, like that. Yeah. And it, you know, it's very revolutionary to go through that process in which you're learning that God just wants you to talk. Mm -hmm. Like, in you know, for someone coming from a Catholic mi mindset, it's very hard to get out of like, oh, but that's disrespectful. But then when I think about it, when I communicate with my mother, I'm not like, mother, the one who held me for nine months in her womb, will you please like take a moment to listen to me for five minutes? <laughs> you know, it. like, hey mom, <laughs> so this is what's happening. Can yeah. you help me out? Yeah. You know, for one. And then just one more thing, like this is one of the things that I struggle the most in my life. So it's one of the things that I try and get like the most information about and like really work on. So like I, one thing that has really helped me is like when I pray for other people. Uh, yeah. Like when I kind of stop focusing on me so much and I focus on others, I notice that God supplies everything I need that mm -hmm. I didn't even know mm -hmm. I needed. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, that's something that's really mm -hmm. helped me. You know, and I think there's an element that's underlying that we haven't addressed. Um, but that goes very much along with this, and that would be faith. Mm -hmm. Because when you go to, to mm -hmm. Jesus and God like this, you've got faith that, that not only that you can, that it's, mm -hmm. it's actually talking to them, but you also have faith that they care so much, mm -hmm. that you don't have to go through a certain uh, you know, means, that you don't have to do all kinds of things. I used to, I was in a play once where, and this was for play? children. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I did a little bit of acting in my prior life. Played bagpipes, um, and you're an actor. <laughs> all these things you're learning about me. No, but I, I did a children's prayer for, or a children's play for a prayer conference thing that we did, and it was all about how ridiculous it can be, or or the lengths that that can seem ridiculous when you, you know, when you have to shout to talk to God, or you have to speak mm. in a certain way. And you, we had people that would keep coming out to me, telling me that God can't hear me because I'm not doing it in the right way. Mm -hmm. And I feel like there's a, a level of faith that, mm -hmm. that God cares about us and hears us kind of just as we are. Mm -hmm. Now, going to our text, uh, in Luke 11, verse 37, we see a story of Jesus that basically puts him with the Pharisees and the experts of the law. And I'll just sum it up very quickly, but there's it's basically a party or dinner that Jesus is invited over to at a Pharisee's house. And Jesus starts starts explaining to them, or, or you could even say going off on, you know, <laughs> the problems that he's seeing. Mm -hmm. And I love that there's this part where, where Jesus has the courage to say what he really believes. Mm -hmm. He doesn't feel like he's offending, or he doesn't, he isn't concerned about hurting feelings because he really cares about 
you know, their salvation and them getting mm -hmm. things correct with God. Mm -hmm. And I love how there's, a, there's an expert in the law that stands up <laughs> and he says, Jesus, all these things you're saying about the Pharisees, they're offending us too. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Jesus is saying, you know, I'm, I'm just getting started. Yeah. <laughs> Wait till you hear the things that I've got that, are, that I don't like with you. Um, but I, I feel like it's, I like the courage. Mm -hmm. and, and here are these people that I see as, they were kind of the superstars of religion in that culture. <laughs> mm -hmm. They knew it all. They had it all memorized. They lived their life, you know, by the book. And yet Jesus is calling them out. Mm -hmm. So I, I'd want to ask, why did Jesus criticize the faith and the lifestyle of these Pharisees? Because it seems like they had it all right. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I would think that all the people in the, the culture thought that these people had it all right. Well, I don't think it was that they were living through faith. I think they were living through ritual and mm -hmm. through knowledge, but it wasn't spiritual knowledge. It was only intellectual knowledge. You know, even though it was about spiritual things, it wasn't sinking into their hearts. Um, I think even at one point, God says, you're doing all these things, you're paying your tithe and everything, but you don't love mm -hmm. the people that you're teaching. And instead, you're locking them away from, you know, the yeah. kingdom of God. Yeah. So I think that's the difference, that they weren't actually living, living by faith. They were just living by works. You know, when you were um, discussing what happens in the story, mm -hmm. you know, talking about to the Pharisee and saying, you don't even know what it's like to give love to mm -hmm. someone. Um, it kind of brought me back to thinking, wow, I mean, people can really be robotic in their religious mm -hmm. beliefs. You know, they can just read the word, recite all of the, the verses. When it comes down to like someone walking into church and they may have never been there before and they may look disheveled or something, they will never step to them. They would mm -hmm. never say, hello, how are you? Welcome. Um, you know, God loves you, give me a hug, something, you know, like that to be more relational. Because we mm -hmm. talked about that in the beginning. Like, mm -hmm. it starts with a personal relationship. And I think that if we're so focused on traditions or mm -hmm. rituals, you miss the point. Mm -hmm. And that's often what's, mm -hmm. what's happening. And that's why Jesus criticized mm -hmm. them in this point. Um, because you're not getting it. I was, I'm not here to, like, follow a certain rule or rules that you came up with or you mm -hmm. think that I, you know, um, came up with. It's I'm here because... God has called me here and I'm here to love on other people and heal them. And, and that, that's really what the point was for your, for God. And I, and I like what both of you said, Elena and, and Natalie, and the fact that faith is, the Pharisees lacked faith because they, they lacked that experience with God. Mm -hmm. They, they focused on everything else. They focused on the scriptures. They focused on the learning, on all the rituals, um, all, everything that was written, mm -hmm. but they didn't focus on that, that, that experience with God that comes with faith. Mm -hmm. uh, and so without that experience, they, they can't say how, how God or Jesus has really impacted their life, you know, God at that point, because mm -hmm. Jesus was walking on earth. But they right. couldn't say how that experience with God, mm -hmm. you know, we, you know, you often hear people talk about the mountaintop experience, mm -hmm. you know, that, you know, for that Jesus had when he went and, and he was transfigured, you know, we, we have to have some type of experience in order to have faith. Mm -hmm. God often will bring us through something and then mm -hmm. show us that it was him mm -hmm. so that we, that our faith is increased. But those mm -hmm. Pharisees hadn't, they mm -hmm. just were the ones going through, you know, they were showing everything outwardly, but there was nothing on the inside. Right. Mm -hmm. And that was that, I think that's why Jesus criticized them once again is mm -hmm. they didn't have anything on the inside. Everything they had was for show, yeah. for status, for everything that was 
uh, uh, earthly and nothing that was heavenly. Right. Mm -hmm. And God can't work with you when you are full of like greed and selfishness. Like he wants to work with someone who is willing. You can't gain that. Um, you know, you can't really truly follow Christ mm -hmm. when you're filled with those type of things. See, I'm going to disagree with you because okay. I think, I think you said two things. I agree with one thing you said, and I disagree with <laughs> All another. All right, Bill, go ahead. <laughs> I, I, feel like, I feel like God can work with you if you're full of greed and all that stuff. Uh -huh. But at the same time, I feel like you need to be willing to accept that change. Mm. And I think there are a lot of people, I'll see you know, the experts in the law and the Pharisees from our text, that they thought they had it all. They thought they had it all figured out. And they didn't have room for that willingness to change or that willingness mm -hmm. to be taught. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the thing because I feel like, you know, if someone full of greed and all that stuff, I, I still believe that they could change their lives mm -hmm. with God and with Christ. Mm -hmm. So I don't think that they're kind of past the, the point of hope. Okay. But at the same time, I think you, you bring up a very good point of that willingness. Like they need to be willing to let that go. Mm -hmm. They need to be willing to have faith in Christ and to change. Mm -hmm. And Phil, something else that I, I thought about is also, you know, the, these Pharisees were considered to be the religious scholars. So they understood Bible, the, the prophecies that were, were given in the Old Testament. And so even with all that knowledge, they couldn't recognize the Messiah standing in front of them. And I think that was a big part of that, is that Jesus is sitting right there. He, he's doing all, he's fulfilling, he's fulfilling the prophecies. And here are these guys that, oh, we know everything. But they can't even see what's in front of them. And I think that's part of the criticism is that, well, you're blind. You, you, you say you, you can see everything, you know everything, but you, you're not actually seeing. You're not using faith. You're not using your heart to see that I'm here and I'm here to save you and the rest of the world, that, that salvation is at hand. So mm -hmm. I think that's another thing that, that Jesus was very concerned about. Mm -hmm. And I think this is a very good lesson for us today. Because I know um, recently there was a very well-known televangelist that, you know, it, it kind of hit the news that he wasn't really leading his church the way he should have been. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that happens from time to time. Mm -hmm. And maybe not on, even on the big scale that everybody gets to hear about in the news. But, you know, I feel like there's a lot of people that put a lot of stock in their pastors mm -hmm. or particular people. And then when they fall or when when it comes out that they weren't really following Jesus, then I feel like it just, everybody is crushed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it does more harm than good. So, so what should we be focusing on? Or what, how can we avoid falling into that trap? Because I feel like here were the Pharisees and the experts of the law, people were following them, but in reality, they weren't following them closer to God. Mm -hmm. They were just following them f through rituals. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I think part of it is the motivation for why you're, you're serving God. Because, you know, I found in my walk with Christ far too often as I run across people who they go to certain churches because of the pastor who's preaching mm -hmm. or, the pers or the people that are going to be singing the songs. You know, they, they are following people and they're not focusing on being grounded and rooted in Christ. And then from there allowing Christ to use them to serve. So they're more so becoming spectators as opposed to being active. And that's a really big difference, especially when you're, when you're trying to, to not fall into those traps of being one of those Christians that when something happens that you're so devastated because you put so much stock in the pastor or so much stock in a person who, um, who is of, of, of importance because you're focused on, all right, God, I'm here to serve. I'm here to do what you have for me to do and not to follow behind someone else because we're all human. We all, we've all sinned and fall, fallen short of the glory of God. So with that, 
we know that people are going to make mistakes no matter who they are. The only perfect one is Jesus. And keeping that knowledge and understanding throughout all that we, we go through and, you know, whether wherever we worship, whoever we associate with, helps us to, to not be so awestruck when something does happen to someone who, who we thought may have been stronger in their faith than we than what we knew because we don't know what each person is going through. We don't know the temptations we're struggling with. And we look at the temptations that Jesus went through it um, in the wilderness. You know, how many of us can withstand those temptations? You know, when you look at a pastor, you know, who knows the type of temptations that they're dealing with? You know, we think we're getting tempted bad. They may be getting tempted 10 times worse. And so we have to put less onus on the fall and more on the relationship and helping them build themselves back up. Mm -hmm. I really like how simple our verse is and how yet it answers this question. You know, again, Luke 17, 5, where he said, where the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. I think the key is in they said to the Lord. They're directly talking to God and they're directly asking him to be the one to increase their faith. Like they're recognizing that no one else can do it for them. No one can give them the ability to believe in God. Nobody can give them the ability to move on in their relationship with God except for God himself. So I think that's something that sometimes we forget, you know, that we can just directly go to him and say, please increase my faith mm -hmm. and he will do it. And I really like that point. You know, the disciples went to mm -hmm. Jesus mm -hmm. and that's what we can do as well. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people say that they believe in Jesus. Is there a difference between believing in Jesus and having faith in Jesus? <laughs> or are we just kind of like splitting hairs and, and it doesn't mean the same thing? This question was really hard for me because I've always basically used both terms as an interchangeable believe and faith because I feel like you can't believe without faith and you can't have faith without believing. Mm -hmm. So I throw it out to you lovely people. <laughs> <Would> anyone, <laughs> is anyone going to shoot that down? <laughs> No. <laughs> no. Well, I definitely believe there's a complete difference between believing and having faith. Because if someone says they're going to do something, you can believe that they're going to do it. Like if I say I'm going to jump over the wall, you know, you may believe I, I, I'm going to do it, but that doesn't mean you're going to have faith that I can actually do it. And so a lot of times people will believe, you know, they believe in Christ, but they don't necessarily have faith that he can solve their problems, that he can carry their burdens. And so that's an important difference to distinguish that, yes, we do have to believe. First is, you know, we have to believe first that, yes, he, he did come to save us from our sins, but then we have to have faith that he can now take those, the, the sinful nature that we have and cast it aside and replace it with, his, uh, with the fruit of the Spirit and, and, mm -hmm. and direct our path. So that's really important to understand they're two different things. Mm -hmm. I'm going to agree with both of you, and I'd say that first I believe that it was just kind of splitting hairs. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I, I agree with you that it seems like like belief or, or faith is kind of the, the action. It's mm -hmm. kind of the, the next mm -hmm. step that really makes it substantial. Mm -hmm. In one sentence or so, what would you say would be kind of the, the most important thing that you've taken away from this or you'd want others to take away from this? It starts with love. Love. Mm -hmm. I think for me, it's having a realistic faith. You know, being every, every day understanding that, that Jesus is able to do above what we, what we think is possible. And so that faith being real and in action is important for people to understand. I think the most important thing I've drawn from this is the importance of having an everyday relationship with God. I can't have anything else without that. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
If you'd like to contact us, please visit our website at www.sabbathschoolu.org. That's www.sabbathschool.org. Remember, the goal of Bible study is information and transformation. It's for the head and for the heart. For Sabbath School U, I'm Phil Riley.